Good Sunday morning. This is Mike Sarig, the voice of Vital Ministries. And it's good to be with you on your Sunday. I tell you what, we're a little bit back into winter. We've had almost spring-like weather. We Now we've gotten a little bit of uh, colder, a little bit of snow, a little bit of whiteness around, but still, it's for January, it's pretty amazing. You can go across the country the country on a different uh you know both the east and the west coast and i tell you what folks they're they they are struggling they are having some major difficulties with uh, the weather and what's going on but here in the midwest we've been very fortunate and uh we are very thankful just a few things before we get started this morning um our next uh warrior breakfast is going to be february 4th at Lighthouse Church in New Sharon. We've changed the time. We're now at 8 o'clock from 8 to 9. We're hoping that helps guys get here and go to this uh, time of breakfast. And we've really encouraged men to bring their sons and also to bring a friend. It's just a great opportunity. It's one hour. We have incredible food, uh, great breakfast, and then we uh, jump into the Word of God. So you don't want to miss that. But today, maybe you're traveling down the highway and you're uh, turning on a KBOE 104.9 FM. We're thankful that you are with us this morning. Be safe as you travel. Be watchful. And again, thank you for listening to us and also too with Vital Ministries as we, uh, I believe we have a good word this morning what the Lord has brought us. And also too, maybe this morning you're on your way to church. Just pray again that you have a good time as you travel. Be safe out there. And also to look forward to your time of worship as you get a Gather together as people uh, unto the Lord. And what just a great time. And many of you say, Mike, this is my church Sunday morning. Again, we thank you so much for listening, being part of Vital Ministries, and just want to encourage you to continue. Again, we send out devotionals five days a week for uh, men, and then Vital Life goes out for both men and women. My, my wife is the writer of that. You don't want to miss out on it. Just some really good stuff. So if you want to join us on the, the devotional time, you can go to our vitalministries.org website. Check it out. And uh, we would love for you to participate. We can get you those devotionals sent out to you by email. And just what a great time and inspiration in the midst of your day. But let's jump in this morning to our teaching. We are week three in chapter three in the book of Galatians. Our teaching series is called This Is Living. We are looking from a letter written by Paul to the Galatian church. Paul plants a church in Galatia, which today is modern day Turkey. What was happening with the Jewish tradition? Jewish uh, law was being put upon new Gentile Christians. That's the whole reason why Paul wrote a lot of the Galatian church, uh, this Galatian letter. And this was the basis of Paul's letter to the Gentile church, was to remind them that there was liberty in the cross of Christ. The liberty from self, the sinful nature, and the world. And the death and the resurrection of Jesus brought the power of God and is, re is released to give new Christians deliverance and victory. Man, is that an amen or what? The Judaizers, again, were bringing bondage into the lives of the new Christians of Galatia. Sometimes the same thing even happens today with new believers today. The work from the sinful nature, and that's, and that's what to be expected. And it takes time to disciple and to lead new, believer, new believers in the transformation without a doubt of their lives. Sometimes we are quick to criticize them for what they don't know as to helping them in their journey. When Jesus called the first twelve disciples for an example, they weren't learned men by any means. They were uh, by any means they were fishermen, a tax collector, a zealot, a businessman by the name of J uh, Judas. Jesus worked with these men. 
for three and a half years living with them, teaching them, and guiding them. He spent time with these men trying to instruct them because these men were going to be what I call world changers. They were going to make a difference, make a change, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, walking with the Lord himself. What an experience that must have been. But see, often I have men who come to Vital Men who have never came to church at all. They're, not, they're raw in their faith. They, they say exactly what they think. They ask a lot of questions. They are eager to learn and want to do right. But I don't put upon them religion, but express the importance of a relationship with Christ. Because that is the gospel message, is getting in relationship with Jesus, understanding the work that he did on the cross, resurrected from the dead, and now sits at the right hand in the Father. But see, let's jump in this morning to the book of Galatians chapter 3 and allow Holy Spirit to speak and to enlighten us in what Paul was saying to the Galatian church. So if you're at home with me today, open up your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3. This is a personal argument that Paul brings to the Galatian church. And this is what he says. A begin His very beginning is a harsh word. He says, Oh foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made clear to you as if it had been a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish you can be after starting your new lives in the Spirit. Why are you trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Again, of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. And that's what's essential. See, Paul makes it clear, makes it, makes things personal here. He loves the Galatian church, first of all. But his pen, his words have iron in them. You don't use words foolish lightly. He said these foolish teachers had bewitched their thinking, taking them, of course, to what the truth, what truth actually was. You've become spiritually dull. Now, this is something that my observance is this is what I see happening. Most of the American church today has been, has been impacted by worldly thinking and have become foolish spiritually. No longer do many denominations want to speak biblical truth, but compromise in what the world says and in its thinking. This is going on throughout multiple uh, denominations, and they are breaking and splitting within over the compromise that's being done of what the Bible says as opposed to compromise what the world says. They have lost the sight of the cross. Even today, again, churches are taking their crosses down in their worship centers because it's offensive. We want to talk more about loving everyone and making them have a warm fuzzy as to allowing the cross to represent that Jesus paid a price of, of hanging on the cross and dying for our sins. We don't even like to talk about that anymore, about sins. That's offensive. If you've ever watched the movie The Passion of the Christ and watched the scourging and the crucifixion itself, it's hard to watch. I'll never forget my first time watching. It was about more than I could actually watch and handle. 
during the movie. This is crazy, but that's just how I am. I stood up in the theater and I yelled, stopped, as I actually could stop what was happening. But I was in the moment. Many of you can relate to when you first experienced watching The Passion of the Christ. What an exceptional movie that Mel Gibson did for the church and for the Christian community that gives us a bit of a glimpse of what Jesus Christ did in his life and also the price of the penalty of going to the cross and paying for our sins. Paul never wanted them to lose sight of that. Keep that picture in your mind. Then we see in this writing where his where he's talking about Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is mentioned 18 times in the book of Galatians. Paul, he asks this question. Did anyone receive the Holy Spirit by faith in the word of God or by doing the works in the law? The Spirit came into, into their because of their faith and trusting Jesus himself. It's important that we understand the work of Holy Spirit in salvation and in Christian living. The Holy Spirit convicts a person of their sin and then reveals Christ to them. A sinner will either resist the Holy Spirit or yield to him. And again, I say him, not it. Bible is very clear. It is part of the Trinity and Holy Spirit is a person. He is something that is that is tangible. We can't see him, but he is a him. The law doesn't do anything in your life to make it so you can be different. See, Paul also talks about seeing miracles, that God was the one who, who ministers the Holy Spirit and does the miracle working power. God the Father continues the work of Holy Spirit and works miracles. He did it during the time of Paul, and he continues even today. His miracle working power exists. I've seen countless miracles being done in my life. I know many of you have, have seen them as well. Many of us are praying for, a, for an exam, example, a pastor, Pastor Bootsma, who was from Oskaloosa. He was in a tragic accident, and many are praying for a miracle to happen in this man's health and his recovery. recovery. He's an 80-year-old pastor. He's done. He's lived for God, done God's work his whole life. And had a tragic accident. But we believe by the power of the Holy Spirit that God can help him. That There are many other uh, prayer requests. But we ask Holy Spirit for the miracle, miraculous that is done through him. But let's continue this morning. That's Another thing that I want to bring to our attention as we look at this letter is that salvation is only by faith. And let's get back into Galatians chapter 10. And let's see what that says. It says this. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, It's through faith that righteous person has life. Now that's pretty pretty amazing, isn't it? So no matter what you try today, Following the law, keeping all the wor the rules and works will not gain you salvation or entry into the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to say that again. No matter what you try to do today, following the law, keeping all the rules, doing the work won't gain you salvation or enter the kingdom of heaven. James 2.10 says this, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point, is guilty of breaking what? All of it. So, 
No matter how Jesus tried, they couldn't they couldn't obey it, and that's the same with uh, Christians. It's important for us to understand that today we think we keep fit. We can only keep fifty one percent of the gospel and and do what is right. It's like we keep tabs on who sins more and who sins deeper. All sin is wrong from from telling a white lie to murdering someone. All of those those different those sins that are in between. I just using that as an example. The wages of sin in the Bible is death. We must understand that. And what I mean by that, death, if you're not following Christ, if you're not a Christian, if you're not living a life uh following him and living by grace, the Bible says all go to hell. So Paul asked this question in Galatians 3.19. What then happens? What is the purpose of the law? See, the law itself was, was only meant to be a temporary design to last until the child who was promised, which was Jesus' birth. The law separated Israel from the Gentile nations. The law was designed so that they would need a Savior. Now, this should be clear that the temporary law cannot be greater than the promise, which was the promise? Jesus Christ. He is the promised. And we know that from the Bible. Now, I know that they keep, uh, that this is a, a lot of deep stuff this, mo this morning, folks, but it brings clarity that we just being religious or abiding by the law is not enough. And I think that's important. I think maybe somebody this morning ne needs to hear this. See, in Galatians, uh, 3, 24 through 25 says this, So the law was put in char in charge to lead us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come. We are no longer under the supervision of the law. This is what this verse means. The law leads us to Christ. That means no matter how hard you try to follow religion, that ultimately it always leads us to Jesus. When you follow Jesus, you're transformed. You are made righteous in Christ alone, and in Christ you become a new creation. Not behavior modification, but transformation of your will. I'm going to say that again. It's not behavior modification, but it's transformation of your will. That is the difference of what God is trying to share with us this morning. I want to share with you this morning the following of living for Christ and dying and, and living a life of grace. Not law. I think Rick Warren does a phenomenal job of what he did. He wrote a book, and it, I'm going to look at the five things that he talks about grace. And I think this applies to us this morning, that we can use these things, what Rick Warren has, has, has written, also to backed up by Scripture that we can see how grace applies and works in our life. Number one, grace is a free gift. See, religion makes you feel that you have to earn it and that, that you have to pay a penance. Matter of fact, there is a religion that says a dead person or a family member can pay penance for a person's sin as when they have passed on to death. That they can literally pray them out of purgatory, out of enough prayers and giving enough money. But see, Romans 6.23 says this, says the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I have a man who, who used to work for me who was, who was big time into the drug world. He worked for me for a couple of years and I tried to help him, but he only kept going back to what the world was pulling him. Eventually, sad to say, we parted company and his addiction and his life continued to move forward. Now, re recently... Many years have passed, but recently our lives have crossed again. 
He called me while he was in the hospital. Because of his lifestyle and because of his diabetic, he was facing the loss of, of one of his feet that might be amputated. He called and asked if I would come and see him. I did, and he wept when I came in the room. He said, Mike, I have given my life fully to Jesus Christ. He told me that his wife and his family had literally turned their backs on him because of his faith. They asked him to renounce his faith or they were going to leave him. He said, I know what you tried to talk about with me about faith in Jesus. He said, I've never been more free even though my family has left me. I'll never turn my back on Jesus again. Folks, that is grace as a free gift. Finally, in time, he realized the true gift of grace and he experienced it in his own life. And I think we oftentimes, we, we never know. Sometimes we, we walk with people, they fall back, they go continue into their sinful life and even to the point of maybe even going deeper. But I think it's essential for us of when they call us and want us to come back that we should always be willing to listen and also to give an opportunity to speak the gospel message. Now here's the second thing that Rick Warren says. Number two, grace is received by faith. See, faith is not believing in, but rather it's trust in. Christianity is not a belief system. Satan himself believes in Christ. The devil knew Jesus existed and what the cross meant, and even more, the power of the resurrection. The devil knew that. But see, Ephesians 2, 8-9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. Romans 4.16 says, people receive God's promise by having faith. So, many of you listening to me today haven't trusted. Your, you're more trusting into your intellect and to what you know as to what you believe by faith. See, when you, when you cross the line of faith, the miraculous transformation begins in your life when you put your eyes and faith on Jesus Christ. Don't let religion guide your faith. Start experiencing God and watch how the Holy Spirit begins the transformation of your life. That is what grace does. That's Again, that's back to number two. The point is, says this, grace is received by faith, and that's essential in our lives. We have to have faith and believe that God brings grace to us. Here's the next one. Grace is available to everyone. I hope this. That in vital ministries, may we never be men or a people with a condemning eye of whoever enters our doors. I pray too that vital ministries must exist for everyone no matter how they are in their faith. How are they are in their walk. May our ministry never be a museum for good people, but a hospital for the broken. That is essential that I believe that grace is available to everyone. We have to extend that. Romans 10, 13 says this, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I want to share a brief story with you this morning about the time that I was, I was struggling going to the Newton prison. I'd been in the Newton prison for, I have done it for 10 years. When COVID hit, it stopped that ministry. Now my understanding is now able to go back up. Obviously, I'm, I have another call in my life. I'm doing a, a ministry in a, in a smaller church in a, in a, in a local community here in, in Mahaska County. But 
What happened was during the time there was a transformation, a change that was being done in the Newton prison. No longer was going to be a conglomerate of men on whatever uh, deed that they had, law that they had broken. So what was happening is the Newton prison changed. What they did was they brought in the sex offenders and pedophiles, which is about 75% of the population. And I got to be honest with you, I struggled with that. I, I, I thought to myself, I didn't sign up for that. And I was creating judgment on those men. And I can remember when I, they, they knew I was struggling, and, they, and many of them came up to me and said this, Mike, please don't leave us. And I can remember I, I was struggling, I was praying, and finally the Holy Spirit brought this to my attention. He spoke to me, and, 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 and I was reading through the scriptures of when Jesus went to the lepers. See, the lepers were, were the unclean. They were the castaways. They were the castouts in Jewish culture at the time. Obviously, that leprosy was something that can be could be gotten. So they would put them away, and, and, and then eventually that disease would eventually take their lives. But Jesus, he one time there were ten lepers standing on the hill calling out to him, Jesus, cleanse us, heal us. And Jesus tells them, if you're willing, I will cleanse you. And he walks right into them. He walks, he touches them, and immediately they get healed. He says, he says now go, present yourselves to the priest. Get cleansed. And they do it. But one man comes back, only one. And he thanks Jesus for the healing. Now, the reason why I share that with you this morning is this. It's because the Holy Spirit showed me this. That in that in that place, in that correctional facility, were the castaways. The men that are the sex offenders and the pedophiles are the are the leprous people of our society. Yes, the crime that was committed without a doubt was a travesty. Many people have been hurt, many have been to the point of someone actually took another person's life. But this is what Holy Spirit called me to do. He called me to go and preach the good news of the gospel to everyone. You know, when I did that and I let go of it, I never asked any questions. One thing you learn very quickly when you go and you speak or you are part and go into uh, prison ministry, you never ask any man that's in there why they're there. You already know they broke the law. That's all you need to know. Because what happens is you can, you can, if you do, you go deeper. They can share with you what happened, and then all of a sudden you have, you have, you, there's a knowing, and then all of a sudden uh, you can, you can create judgment. Trust me, that can happen. But I just encourage everyone listening to to me this morning. Grace is for everyone, which brings me to point number four. Grace comes only through Christ. John 1.17 says this, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. There is only one way to heaven, and that's by living a life for Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the price for once, for sin, once and for all. I like this quote by Philip Yancey. He says this, I rejected the church for a time because I found so little grace there. I returned because I found grace nowhere else. Man, does that not define sometimes the very places and places where we go. See, man will always fail each other in extending grace, but Christ never fails grace to any man because 
He died for all. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through me. Here's my fifth one and final. Grace is extended throughout eternity. I love this portion. It says, your sin of the past, present, and future is covered by Christ's grace by his blood. Psalms 103 verse 12 says this, that God has removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. Now I want you to think about that for a minute as we sit on the earth as the globe. If you travel west, west always continues, doesn't it? It always. So when you go west, west always is. You go east, east always is. But you can't go north and south on the globe because once you get to the top of north, you go down and it becomes south. No longer is it north and south because one or the other stops. But Jesus, but God said he forgives his, our sin as far as the east from the west. See, the east is a direction and west is another this is infinite space that God forgives. He really forgives our sins and has been removed. Man may try to pick up and remind you and anyone else, but God doesn't. Once that's removed, we never are held accountable to that sin ever again. Romans 8.1 says this, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. When Jesus went to the cross, he paid the debt for our sins on the cross of Calvary. See, grace doesn't get you off the hook. It's living a life of change motivation. I don't want to return to sin, and there is no such thing as cheap grace. I close with Titus chapter 2, 11 through 12. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say, no to ungodliness and world passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Folks, we're going to continue this series, and I hope this morning as we look at uh, this is living, because I believe this, this is living, is living a life in Christ's grace. Nothing can change that. If you've asked Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of your life, your sin no longer binds you. You are no longer held by the law. You are now covered in, in the blood of Christ and given an extended grace. That is, folks, the gospel message. What a great thing. I hope this encourages someone this morning, but let's pray before we, we, we close today. Dear Jesus, again, we thank you for your grace. It's not cheap grace that we go out and continue to keep doing the sin. No, 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 not at all. We know that what happens is, is in the transformation that we no longer want to step into that sin, but it's a transforming power that we leave it and we no longer live a part of it. I'm thankful for that, Jesus, in my own life. And I pray that somebody listening today, maybe they're struggling with that. They can't get past forgiving themselves, but they got to remember that God says he forgives our sins as far as the east from the west, and it never holds us. I pray that that encourages someone this morning, Holy Spirit. I pray that maybe somebody driving or maybe they're sitting at home today and they're struggling with unforgiveness of the, in their own heart and maybe they just can't forgive themselves. I pray, Holy Spirit, you cover them, encourage them, help them to know that grace is something that can be attained only through the power of Jesus Christ and administered to the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are, the work that you did on the cross, and forgiving, and forgiving us of our sins. We love you and we praise you. Praise you. In your name I pray. Amen. Folks, this is an exciting time. We're going to continue. This is living. Next week, we'll be in Galatians chapter 4. 
What an exciting time. Be safe out there. This is Mike Sirig, the voice of Vital Ministries.